What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of one of my favorite actors, Matthew McConaughey. And very rarely does an actor's first movie capture their essence as a performer, but that was the case for one Matthew McConaughey. His first film was Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused, a film about a group of high schoolers partying because it's the last day of school. In it, McConaughey plays Watterson, a person who has long graduated high school, but still hangs out with people in that age group and gets them beer. McConaughey has all of the film's best lines starting with what is still to this day his signature catchphrase alright, alright, alright and that's what I love about these high school girls man. I get older and they stay the same age and finally you just gotta keep living man. L-I-V-I-N McConaughey did not become a full on movie star until 1996 with the movie A Time to Kill, an adaptation of John Grisham's first novel. They surrounded McConaughey with already established stars Sandra Bullock, Fresh Off of Speed, and Samuel L. Jackson. In the movie, McConaughey plays Jake Bergance, a young lawyer who has taken over a practice from his mentor and takes on a case to defend Carl Lee Haley, a black man who killed two men for raping his young daughter. McConaughey's big moment in the movie comes at the very end when he tells the jury to close their eyes and I'm paraphrasing raising, but basically he tells them to imagine how they would react if the daughter were white. That movie and that moment instantly turned Matthew McConaughey into one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. McConaughey then went on to have supporting roles in Robert Zemeckis' Contact with Jodie Foster, a brilliant sci-fi movie, and Steven Spielberg's Amistad with Damon Hansu, Morgan Freeman, and Anthony Hopkins, and reteamed with Linklater on the Newton Boys with Ethan Hawke where he has a great line, God doesn't want me legal. He also had a leading role in Ron Howard's Ed TV, his first project with Woody Harrelson, that kind of predicted where reality TV was headed. One would think Matthew McConaughey would have become a mainstay in prestige movies. However, after that, his career went in a completely different direction. In the span of eight years, McConaughey starred in five romantic comedies, 2001's The Wedding Planner with Jennifer Lopez, where you guessed it, he falls in love with his wedding planner. That film made $95 million at the box office. 2003's How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days with Kate Hudson, who is playing an advice columnist who is trying to get McConaughey's character to dump her in 10 days' time, while his character is trying to make her fall in love with him in that same time span. That movie made $177 million. 2003 2006's failure to launch with Sarah Jessica Parker, where he plays a man who lives with his parents, who hires someone to date him to get him to move out of the house. That film made $130 million. 2008's Fool's Gold, again with Kate Hudson, where he plays a treasure hunter who reunites with his ex. That film made $111 million. And 2009's Ghost of Girlfriends Past with Jennifer Gardner, a weird spin-off on A Christmas Carol, made over a hundred. $102 million at the box office. McConaughey has described these movies as, quote, Saturdays. He also said, quote, For me personally, I enjoyed being able to give people a 90-minute breezy 
romantic getaway from the stress of their lives where they just didn't have to think about anything. Just watch the boy chase the girl, fall down, and then get up and finally get her. I had taken the baton from Hugh Grant and I ran with it. It's worth noting he did some non-romantic comedies that were largely forgettable, Sahara and We Are Marshall. It's crazy to look back at it now and say that McConaughey in the span of less than five years went from the virtual unknown in A Time to Kill to being the king of the romantic comedies. And I know we all look down on these movies, but I think a lot of our great actors went through a time period where they were doing a lot of romantic comedies. I look at Ryan Reynolds, I look at Hugh Grant, I look at Mark Ruffalo. These are some of my favorite actors, and they all did more than one romantic comedy. And you might be asking, what is the reason to make those kind of movies? Well, for one, like, they're easy, like McConaughey said, they're an easy Saturday, but also they make a boatload of money, or at least they did in the early 2000s. Now again, if somebody like Matthew McConaughey wanted to become the king of romantic comedies, I don't even think that avenue is possible anymore, but back then he could easily do it, because all you needed was two famous people that had to have chemistry, and the movie was going to make at least $100 million at the box office. Nowadays, most romantic comedies come out on streaming services. McConaughey, because of those romantic comedies, was no longer viewed as a serious dramatic actor. He was perceived as more of a celebrity than as an actor, and that all changed when he went on an incredible run that has been dubbed the McConaissance, beginning in 2011 with The Lincoln Lawyer. I would describe this movie as a primal fear type of film. I also love this movie. Matthew McConaughey is great when he is playing a lawyer. He's like Tom Cruise in that sense. Some of their best roles are them playing lawyers. McConaughey has done it in A Time to Kill. He did it in The Lincoln Lawyer. He also did it in Amistad. If you want Matthew McConaughey to play a lawyer, I absolutely am on board with that. McConaughey does carry the film, but the movie also has a stellar supporting cast that includes Marissa Tomei in one of her best roles. William H. Macy was incredible. I mean, it's easy to forget that William H. Macy was once a great film actor because he's gone on to television success. Michael Pena is in this movie. I love The Lincoln Lawyer. I think it is a lot of fun. And Ryan Phillippe is also very good in the movie. That same year, he was was also in Richard Linklater's Bernie, his third film with the director with Jack Black, and then he was in William Freakin's Killer Joe. Now, I think this is one of the first movies where people saw Matthew McConaughey do something different than what he's used to. He's not charming in this movie. He is a scary contact killer who shows signs of being the Matthew McConaughey we all know, but it's really a darker character for the actor. I think this was him announcing he's no longer the guy who stars in romantic comedies. It's when he really got lost in a role for the first time in a long time. In 2012, he was in Jeff Nichols' Mud as a Huckleberry Finn-type character. This is my personal favorite performance from McConaughey. He plays the character as worldly and also super innocent at the same time. I love his chemistry with Ty Sheridan. I also love Reese Witherspoon in this movie. I love that she took a supporting role to share the screen 
screen with Matthew McConaughey because I think both of those actors needed a movie like Mud. They needed to do something different. Nichols, to me, is the director who most understands what's special about Matthew McConaughey. He's super charismatic, but he's also wild and crazy at times as an actor, and I think Mud is a showcase for how great Matthew McConaughey is. And that same year in 2012, he also had a role in Steven Soderbergh's Magic Mike along with Channing Tatum. Many people's favorite part of that movie is when his character dances. For him playing Dallas, I mean, that was the first time that a lot of people wanted Matthew McConaughey to get nominated for an Oscar. There was serious talk about him getting a Best Supporting Actor nomination. And it's no surprise that McConaughey did great work with Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh is truly one of those directors that understands what makes a movie star a movie star. And he, like Nichols, understood what makes Matthew McConaughey Matthew McConaughey. This is a tangent, but it's also wild that this movie has two sequels that doesn't involve Matthew McConaughey. Now, I would be surprised if the third movie comes out and he's not in it. But at this moment, there's no sign that Matthew McConaughey is in the final Magic Mike movie, Magic Mike The Final Dance. I would be shocked if he's not in it. But right now, it seems like he's not. It's worth noting that those three films, Killer Joe, Magic Mike, and Mud, are all independent movies. For the longest time, Matthew McConaughey was only making studio romantic comedies or studio movies like Amistad, like Contact, and like A Time to Kill. But the first time he goes and makes indie movies, he does some of his best work. And although they're not the box office hits like he's used to except for Magic Mike, they helped fix his reputation. They did more for his career than if he was in a movie that made $200 million. They reestablished Matthew McConaughey as an actor that people want to work with and admire. And for the first time, he was winning awards for his performances. He won the 2013 Independent Film Spirit Awards for Best Supporting Male for Magic Mike. The year 2013 is when McConaughey's comeback went nuclear. It started with him starring in Dallas Buyers Club where he played Ron Woodruff, who after testing positive for HIV, begins selling drugs to other patients. For this performance, McConaughey won Best Leading Actor at the Oscars. His co-star Jared Leto also went on to win an Oscar. And I think part of the reason this happened is not only because Matthew McConaughey was doing the best work of his career, because he absolutely does. Hollywood loves a comeback. They love to bring in somebody who we've all forgotten, and then when he's doing their best work, that's when they reward them. They weren't rewarding McConaughey back for a Dazed and Confused or a Time to Kill. They rewarded him when it was the absolute best time to reward him, and Dallas Buyers Club is not my favorite Matthew McConaughey performance, but it is an Oscar-worthy performance, and cements one of the best comebacks in Hollywood history. And it doesn't end there. In 2014, McConaughey had the leading role in Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. The sci-fi film has been called by many as one of Nolan's worst movies, and I couldn't disagree more, and it's in large part due to McConaughey's performance, especially the scene where he watches his kids grow up without him. For me, that's the best leading performance in a Christopher Nolan movie, and what's wild is that wasn't even his best performance that year, because that year was the first year of the hit HBO show True Detective, where he plays eccentric detective Russ Cole. His co-star Woody Harrelson is also brilliant on the show. It's regarded by many as the best season of television ever, and the show that made many movie stars rethink moving to television. McConaughey has some amazing 
amazing lines in the show. He's super funny and sad. Not too many people get nominated for an Oscar and an Emmy in the span of a year. During that incredible run, the McConaissance from 2011 to 2014, McConaughey worked with this list of filmmakers, Richard Linklater, Jeff Nichols, William Freakin, Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, and Steven Soderbergh. It shows if you want to be known as one of the best actors, you need to work with some of the best directors because it is a director's medium. McConaughey was not doing this kind of work when he was working with lesser directors. His best movies are the ones that have great directors at the helm of it. McConaughey also deserves from credit for working with a lesser known filmmaker like Jeff Nichols at that time. Every bet that Matthew McConaughey was making at this time, he was winning. He was making all of the right choices in what kind of movies he should be in. Let's talk about McConaughey's work in the last few years. He was very good in the animated film Kubo and the Legends of the Two Strings, White Boy Rick, Harmony Corinne's The Beach Bum, and Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. There have also been some movies that have not worked out. Gold, The Dark Tower, and Serenity. The Dark Tower is an adaptation of a Stephen King novel that Matthew McConaughey thought would become a franchise type of film for the actor to be in. He had previously turned down a role in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I want McConaughey to play a bad guy in a superhero movie. I don't want to see him play a superhero. That's why I was really into all of those rumors that he was going to end up playing Two-Face in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Now, I would love if he showed up as the sequel as Harvey Dent. I would absolutely love that. I think Matthew McConaughey would give an all-time performance as Harvey Dent, a.k.a. Two-Face. I want to talk about Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. I just re-watched this movie, and I think it's the perfect marriage between director and leading actor. Matthew McConaughey just feels like the type of actor that would work on a Guy Ritchie movie. And he gives some incredible monologues about being the king of the jungle. In the movie, he plays Mickey Pearson, a man who runs a pot empire. And what's really cool about this movie is that it also stars Hugh Grant. I mean, think about it. The two former kings of romantic comedies ending up together in a Guy Ritchie movie. You could not have written a better ending to this story. I also think both actors are the perfect example as to why you cannot define an actor in the moment. We wanted to label Hugh Grant as the king of romantic comedies forever. We wanted to label McConaughey the king of romantic comedies forever. That was a period of their careers, maybe not the best, but they both moved on and have done different and interesting work. Matthew McConaughey is largely thought of as a leading man, but he's given some of his best performances in supporting roles. His first, of course, being in Dazed and Confused. You also have Ben Stiller's Tropic Thunder, where he plays Rick Peck, the agent to movie star Tug Speedman, who argues on his client's behalf to get him TiVo and turns out to be a true friend. McConaughey is one of my favorite parts of that movie. He was also great in Martin Scorsese's The Wolf of Wall Street, where he plays Mark Hanna, a stockbroker who tells Leonardo DiCaprio's character Jordan Belfort that his success is due to hookers and cocaine. And I think that's a similar pattern to most of the characters that Matthew McConaughey plays. He's playing people who do not hide who they are. Dallas from Magic Mike, Watterson from Dazed and Confused, Mark Hanna from The Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, McConaughey is great at playing people who are like this is who I am, you're just going to have to deal with that because I'm not going to change for you. Ron Woodruff who was a real life person was like I'm dealing with HIV but that's 
not going to change who I am. I'm still a businessman at heart. That's why McConaughey was the perfect actor to play that role. Matthew McConaughey is very self-aware of the kinds of characters he should be playing. And I find that to be a trait that's not in a lot of actors. Most actors play heroic characters who are nothing like them. I think there is some truth to who Matthew McConaughey really is in almost all of the characters he plays. I think McConaughey is probably super charming like most of his characters, a little eccentric and a lot of fun to be around. And you can also describe that with most of the characters that he plays. And yes, he transforms his body like in Dallas Buyers Club or in True Detective, but they still feel true to who Matthew McConaughey is as a performer. And I admire that. McConaughey is an interesting subject in, is he more of a movie star or is he an actor? And I find him to be a little bit of both. I think he is a great movie star and I think he is a really good actor. You cannot watch True Detective and not say that's one of the best television performances of all time. Now I have absolutely no idea where Matthew McConaughey's career goes from here. They'll probably continue to be these insane up and down periods. Right now it feels like a bit of a down period but that's only because he's not appearing in movies regularly. There is some talk about him returning to play Jake Bergantz in the A Time to Kill sequel, A Time for Mercy. This time, however, it would be a mini-series for HBO, and we all know he does some of his best work on mini-series for HBO. I'd also bet on him being in a franchise movie that's successful. I'm sure Marvel wants to be in the Matthew McConaughey business, and I hope that the franchise is the Batman again. I would love to see him play Two-Face. And I would also love to see him work again with some of the incredible directors he's worked with. Who doesn't want to see another Richard Linklater, Matthew McConaughey movie? Who doesn't want to see him work with Soderbergh again? Who doesn't want to see him in another Jeff Nichols movie? There's, of course, many great directors he's never worked with. I mean, could you imagine Matthew McConaughey in a Wes Anderson movie to see if he could match that kind of tone? I would love to see it. I would love to see Matthew McConaughey work with Paul Thomas Anderson or Quentin Tarantino. He's that type of actor for me that I want to see him work with as many as the great living filmmakers as humanly possible. It's crazy to think about, but this guy has been thriving in Hollywood for almost 30 years now. And again, there's been some ups, there's been some downs. Some of the downs weren't really downs. I mean, I do look back at that romantic comedy time and say he was just doing those movies. They were making a lot of money and they were successful. A lot of people still think of Matthew McConaughey as the romantic comedy guy, the same way a lot of people still think of Hugh Grant as the romantic comedy guy, and that's not all that bad. Looking back at the McConaissance, I would say what's so great about that era is it wasn't about one movie. You couldn't pinpoint one movie and go, that was the comeback right there. Even though he won the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, I like Interstellar a lot more. I like True Detective a lot more. You could make an argument for any of those movies being his best work. You could make the argument that Killer Joe is the best performance Matthew McConaughey has ever given, and I probably wouldn't fight back all that much. That's how great he was from 2011 to 2014. I've watched a lot of Matthew McConaughey movies to prep for this podcast, and I gotta say, it is really cool to see the evolution of a movie star, because you see the star quality in movies like A Time to Kill, and then you see him in a movie like Ed TV, and you're like, this has the chance to be really good, but it's just not there yet and then to see that come all together in 
stuff like Dallas Buyers Club, Magic Mike, and Interstellar. One of my favorite things about Matthew McConaughey is people like him for different reasons. Of course, there are some people who love the romantic comedy stages, there are some people that love the early work like A Time to Kill, and there are some people like me who love the McConaissance. There's a ton of reasons to admire the work of Matthew McConaughey. And my hope and feeling is there's a lot more yet to come. And let's say for the sake of argument, let's say there isn't, let's say his acting career ended here, then I would say he's already had two full careers now. That's how prominent Matthew McConaughey has been as a movie star actor. It's also fun to think about that his most iconic line will always remain, all right, all right, all right. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I highly recommend you go back and watch the films of Matthew McConaughey.